The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Let's face it, this world is in a mess, and in particular, the English-speaking world. How do we get into this state, and how can we get out of it? Believe me, there really is an answer, and you can know what it is. You might not be able to change others, but you can change yourself. So in today's program, we're going to discover the blueprint for a stable and fulfilling life. It's not rocket science, you know, just plain common sense with a secret ingredient. If you'd like to know what that ingredient is, then stay tuned. A warm welcome to Tomorrow's World. Our program is designed to give you solutions to today's problems based on the Bible, God's handbook for life. None of us chose the time or the place of our birth. We arrived into a world that was already in full swing. For some of us, we were born during World War II or perhaps during the boom years of wealth and the easy life of the 50s, the 60s and the 70s. Whatever time it was, we were swayed and influenced by those around us. Our parents' ideas and morals, or maybe a lack of them, determined how we viewed life. I was born near Sydney, Australia, soon after the Second World War. My parents were basically conservative, but with a strong sense of social awareness. One of my mother's favorite sayings was, Rod, it's the principle that matters in life. And what she meant was this. Make your choices in life according to good rules and the Ten Commandments. She despised the modern idea of moral relativism or situation ethics. One thing she was not, and that was wishy-washy. Right was right, and wrong was wrong. Now, of course, there were some grey areas, but they were very far fewer than what we have in the world today. Now, what about you? Do you have a moral anchor in your life? If you feel like your life is all at sea, it could be time for you to send out a mayday or an SOS because there's a great being who is ready to listen and send you a lifeline. And of course, you know who it is. It's the great God in heaven. Listen to what he says in his holy Bible. Have you not known... Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. And then later he says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? God promises to save us if we are prepared to listen to him and obey him. 
When we're serious about seeking God and His will, He listens. He acts and He saves. So today I want to show you what the secret ingredient of success is for you. We find it hidden in the book of Proverbs. Listen, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. My law and commands? Which law and which commandments? Well, the answer is simple, the Ten Commandments. King David says in Psalm 119, verse 97 in the King James Version, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. There was a time not that long ago when God's Ten Commandments were the great bastion of moral virtue standing like a shining light for the people of the United States, Great Britain, and all of the British-descended people in the far-flung lands of Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and South Africa. Many other nations in Northwestern Europe with a heritage that was also based on the Bible held that the Ten Commandments with high regard and reverence. Today we're offering you our free book, The Ten Commandments. This quality book will explain in detail the benefits that will come to you and your family when you implement not just the letter of the law of God, but more importantly, the spirit of the law. Do we see God's law being practiced today? I think you'd have to agree. The answer is no. In May 2013, Muldrow High School in Oklahoma reluctantly took down plaques of the Ten Commandments in their classrooms after receiving legal advice that they would lose any court battle if they tried to keep them on their school building. In an emotional statement of regret, the school board president announced the decision. Their attorney had told them it would be a losing battle. Many people wanting to rid public buildings of the Ten Commandments cite the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which separates church from state. Likewise, prayers in government or public places have been banned. The argument is that the United States is no longer a Christian country, but a Muslim, Buddhist, and atheistic country as well. But what about you personally? Is there room in your life for God's laws? Consider the benefits that would accrue if our society upheld the Decalogue. What's wrong with the words, you shall not steal, or you shall not lie? Well, the answer's obvious. There's nothing wrong. There's everything right with those laws. Actually, the Ten Commandments are designed to be good for your neighbor as much as for yourself. And when you and he or she keep them, everyone benefits. You know, it's time we stood up for these words of godly wisdom. And just before ancient Israel took possession of the Holy Land, Moses reminded them that they should heed God's law. Notice his words in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 8. And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself. 
lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Phone now for your free copy of The Ten Commandments. You'll be glad you did. Long-time viewers of this program know that we believe that Israel of old can be identified amongst the many people of Northwestern Europe, as well as the United States and the British-descended people. It's no coincidence that these people carried the Bible message, including the Ten Commandments, around the world. But now, the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of those pioneers are rejecting God's laws. Almost all movies, books, and video games today are filled with messages of theft, adultery, lying, and disrespect toward parents. It can't continue. At some point in time, God is going to intervene to punish us for our sinful ways. Do you want to withdraw yourself from this evil world? Well, then go to God in prayer and tell Him that you want to be more like Him and His Son, Jesus Christ. Ask God to give you the moral courage to stand up against the evil around you. Jesus Christ told us through His Apostle Paul that the spirit of lawlessness, lawlessness, was already in existence in His day. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 7 tells us, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And now today, this lawlessness comes to us from two main sources. You're going to be surprised to hear what they are. The first is obvious. It's the militant, anti-God, secular world of atheism. Many people who are ardent atheists are on the warpath. They want to remove root, trunk, and branch, and any reference to God and His law from all areas of education. And in its place, they want to promote humanist, secular philosophy that is based on the Greek model of Plato and Aristotle. Now, you may well not be aware of this subtle influence, but nevertheless, your children are exposed to it every day at school and university. Many young people are reading books such as The Young Atheist's Survival Guide by Hemant Mechter. This book is dedicated to helping students fight against religious pressure in their school and university. And it's available for just a few dollars on the internet. In the next part of the program, I'm going to explain a second way that the Ten Commandments are being removed from our society. And it's going to amaze you. But now, phone for your copy of our free book, The Ten Commandments. It will help you and especially your children understand just how these powerful words should be the bedrock of our civilization. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter.
With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. So far on the program today, we have explained that our culture is in a mess. The end result of decades of anti-God, anti-Christianity propaganda has had its toll on our marriages, our children, and our way of life. And unless there is a turnaround, the foundation of our moral values will just crumble to dust. Atheism is actually a religion in itself. And those who support it can be more militant than religious people. Often, they hate the Ten Commandments. This new lawlessness is at the grassroots of why we are in a mess. Be sure to request your copy of our free book, The Ten Commandments. Phone now or go online at tomorrowsworld.org. Now, the second source of lawlessness today actually comes from within some of the churches. That may sound far-fetched, but consider for a moment. You may have heard your pastor say that the law is done away and nailed to the cross. The notion of the law being done away is a gross misunderstanding of what was actually nailed to the cross. I'm sure that many of you have been taught that it was God's Ten Commandments that were nailed to the cross. Sorry, it wasn't. I'm going to take the time to explain clearly to you what it was that was really nailed to the cross. So, please listen carefully. Let's read the off-quoted passage in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 from the New King James Version of the Bible. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Did you hear me say it was the law or the commandments being against us? Or the Ten Commandments being nailed to the cross? No. It was the handwriting of requirements. Well, what does that mean? It's not very clear, is it? If you have a Bible with marginal references, you may find a reference which will more clearly translate the Greek word chirographon as a legal document. J.B. Phillips' translation of Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, Christ has utterly wiped out the damning evidence of broken laws and commandments which always hung over our heads and has completely annulled it by nailing it over his own head on the cross. Under the old covenant, when a person transgressed one of the Ten Commandments, the evidence was brought before a judge. If found guilty, the person could receive the death sentence. Both the condemning evidence and the death sentence were annulled and nailed to the cross. It was not the Ten Commandments that were nailed to the cross, but the evidence against us. Please don't let someone deceive you into an attitude of lawlessness. Let's now consider why we naturally do not like God's law. The answer is simple. We don't like to be told how to live our lives. Some people may agree, for example, with the concept that a person shouldn't steal. Oh, until they're faced with the temptation to do so. An opportunity to steal from the boss or to cook the books 
to cheat the government out of taxes comes along and the person gives in. What happens when they're caught? Well, they get angry. They think it's someone else's fault and they will hate the law that has caught them out. Same goes for adultery, murder, and every one of the Ten Commandments. We might say we agree with them till we are tempted to break one of them. We may think we can break God's law when the reality is it will break us if we do. It takes a hard facing of the facts to admit that by nature we don't like God's law. Listen to Romans chapter 8 verse 7. It says, because the carnal mind, that's the natural human mind, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So phone now for your free copy of The Ten Commandments. The number will be given to you, so be ready to write it down and phone soon, or you can go to tomorrowsworld.org. Some people have learned to love God by loving His law. Daniel D. Palmer wrote this. He said, He who obeys God's laws finds him a father. He who disobeys them finds him a judge. Don't let yourself be in the second category, but rather go to your heavenly father and seek after his law. Charles Spurgeon, whose sermons are some of the most famous, wrote this, God's law is our pleasure when the God of the law is our God. Is it time for you to reconsider your opinion about the law of God? Maybe you've thought of the Ten Commandments as just ten suggestions or ten good ideas. They're far more than that. They should be the bedrock of our society. And if we don't become champions of their power and force, we may soon find them replaced with legislation that is openly hostile to them. Let's consider some of the real benefits that will come to us when we teach our children and our grandchildren these words of God. Exodus 20 verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Do you make it easy for your son or your daughter to honor you? Is your life an example of one that they can honor? Or are you forever saying, do as I say and not as I do? If you're loving, calm and gentle with your children, they're likely to become just like that themselves. If you yell and scream at them, guess what? They'll become, that's right, just like you. If you speak respectfully of your parents to your children, they will also speak well of you. It's just that simple. Our children not only resemble us in their looks and features, but they resemble us in the way they live. Recently, the British Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, said this. He said, I'm struck by the reverence and respect for older people in Asian culture. In great contrast, he reported that 46% of people in the United Kingdom over 80 years of age are feeling lonely. Some of the time, or more often. There is a forgotten million, he said, who live amongst us, ignored to our national shame. That's from the BBC News in October of 2013. If we took care of our parents, the numbers would be much lower. You might be thinking, well, look, my mother's on the other side of the country. I, I can't take care of her. So what can you do to honor your parents more? You ready? 
phone them, write them, or visit them. Maybe you could use Skype with a video camera so that it's face-to-face. -face. You know, if you do that, you'll be glad you did. So let's apply another one of these laws. It's the third law of God. It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Let me ask you, do you use God's name or Jesus' name in your conversations without the reverence that is due to them? I'm amazed at the number of young people who are not at all religious, but they use God's name as an exclamation. They say, OMG. I'm not going to use the words, but you know what the ones I mean. Words like, gee, gosh, golly, goodness me. They're all euphemism for God's name. And we should remove them from our vocabulary. Today's program is centered on the Ten Commandments. And if you'd like to strengthen your faith and belief in these powerful words of God, and you would like your family to do also, then ask right now for your copy of the Ten Commandments that we're offering you today. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back to Tomorrow's World. Today we're talking about the law of God, also known as the Ten Commandments. Though many of us say we believe that they should be kept, we know that we often fall short of obeying them in our daily lives. So what am I suggesting? I propose that each one of us take our respect and honor for God's law to a new level. We need to understand that this law is under attack at times by the very politicians who frame our legislation and write our laws. We can ask God to lift them to a new high in our minds and teach them to our children and grandchildren. We cannot just leave it to our religious leaders to do it for us. It has to be from within, from our heart and our very being that we acknowledge the high esteem in which they must be held. The key to really understanding God's law is found in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 10 to 12. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. God can write his laws in your heart if you ask him. What this means is that you will not have to puzzle over what is right and wrong. You're going to know automatically 
and more importantly, you will understand the spirit of the law. No longer will you think, oh, you shall not commit adultery just applies to the literal act of adultery. But you will understand what Jesus Christ meant when he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. To help you have a more profound reverence for the Ten Commandments, we want you to receive our free booklet named simply The Ten Commandments. When you read it, you will be impressed with the simplicity of Roderick Meredith's words. Listen to an extract from page four. Obedience to God's commandments would bring peace and fulfillment and joy to all the nations and peoples of this earth. It is the real answer to all of our problems individually and collectively. And then on page 79, we read, the truth is that Jesus Christ kept and obeyed every one of the 10 commandments in the letter and in the spirit, just as his followers today should do. Jesus Christ never had another God before the true God. He never committed idolatry or blasphemed God's name. Jesus kept holy the Sabbath that God had made holy. And he often worshipped in the synagogue on that day. Jesus honoured his parents. And he never killed, committed adultery, stole, lied or coveted. He set us an example that we should follow in his steps. I hope that today's program has helped you question your ideas about the Ten Commandments. I know that the majority of you watching do want to be responsible citizens who want to do the right thing. You do believe that God's law is a moral compass by which you have tried to live your life. So what am I proposing today? Is to be more zealous and give more attention to these words that they might motivate us to pray to a proactive application in our lives. The Apostle James understood this important point as he used the law of God as a way of looking at ourselves. Notice his words in James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. He said, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. When we see ourselves in the reflection of the perfect law of liberty, we can see our blemishes and our imperfections. We can acknowledge our sin and ask for God's forgiveness. And what does he then do? He nails the evidence of our sins and the death penalty to the cross, and we are set free. So be sure to tune in again next week to watch Tomorrow's World. Each week, Roderick Meredith and Richard Ames will bring you good news of the wonderful world tomorrow. Wallace Smith and I will also provide you with biblical truth that you can use in your life. Until then, goodbye, friends. 
To request today's free informative offer, visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org. Go to tomorrowsworld.org. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God 